This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen here with you. Inflammation of the eye is quite common and can affect all parts of the eye, both the outside and the inside. And many of the diseases that are caused by inflammation are preventable and treatable, but others can be quite serious and even lead to blindness. Here with more on all of this is Dr. Robert Swan. He's Assistant Professor of Ophthalmology at Upstate Medical University, and he's the director of the Uveitis Service. Welcome, Dr. Swan. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. So uveitis, or inflammation of the eye, is quite common. But what exactly is uveitis? Uh, uveitis is a word that the Latin it refers to an inner lining of the eye, but ultimately it's used to mean inflammation of the eye. It, it means that an eye on the inside is inflamed. And because we can look into an eye, you can see the white blood cells floating around. People will have certain symptoms, but when you put it all together, you can see that this is an eye that's inflamed. But the idea that it has it's an inflammatory process, does this encompass a number of diseases, or is it a disease? In other words, is the term uveitis really describing the symptom of inflammation? Sure. It, it's a very big catch-all term. Mm -hmm. um, my textbook is called uveitis, and of in that textbook there are 60 chapters, each with a separate cause. Okay. Um, there are infectious causes, there are inflammatory causes, and there are sort of other, call them each in their own unique categories, you know, sometimes mechanical causes or things. Um, it's a very broad, very, very broad subject. So I want to get to some of those causes in just a minute in a little mm -hmm. more detail, but how common is it then, I mean, in, in your practice? How common is it to see someone with this kind of inflammation? Um, it's common, but not very common. It's when I was in general practice, I had a few people. Of people in general, they would have it uncommonly. They would have it, you know, it might, their eye would be inflamed once and then maybe not again for years. But the ones you get to know are the ones that I became interested in and did a fellowship in. These are the ones that are in my office every two or three months. That so there are chronic cases. Those, yes. And those are the ones that um, are really the focus of my practice. And in terms of how common it is in the community, I have people coming um, from Ithaca, from Binghamton, from Rochester, and it keeps me busy. So, so in that sense, it's, there's a real need. Yes. So what are the kinds of problems we just alluded to, mm -hmm. you know, what causes it? this general inflammation. It, it can be caused by a number of underlying conditions. Correct. Help us understand what are the kinds of things that can lead to uveitis. Sure. Um, in the infectious category is more and more uncommon in the United States. In the developing world, there's a lot of infections that get into eyes, and they, you know, it's very difficult to even find the people, let alone treat them. Is but that because of poor sanitation, perhaps, or lack of education? It can be a number of things. Um, in, for example, India, tuberculosis is much more common, and tuberculosis can really um, affect an eye. Uh, but most of the infections are rare. They, they don't lead to chronic things. It's the type of thing where, um, for example, I have somebody who had a thorn puncture his eye and sit there for a couple of days, and there was a fungal something that was growing, and we took care of it. But usually these stories have a beginning. Uh, most of my patients have something in the category of an autoimmune disease. They... Um, may have something that has a distinct label, such as lupus or rheumatoid arthritis, sarcoidosis. There's a, a very large list. Pretty much everything you see advertised on television for things like Humira, that they talk about psoriatic arthritis or ankylosing spondylitis. 
Um, so all of those kinds of autoimmune diseases where the body basically attacks itself, so mm -hmm. to speak, can cause inflammation within the eye. Right. And it doesn't always make sense as to why. For example, people with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, which is a clear intestinal inflammation, can often have eye findings. And that's really where my practice specializes in, is in those patients. So um, is it basically limit? so it's not limited or in terms of the age range? I mean, you can see uveitis or some inflammation of mm -hmm. the eye even in children? We have. Um, it, the ages seem to be, different things occur at different ages. Children tend to have the most, uh, the worst type of it. And the reason is, is that it tends to be associated with arthritis but their eyes look white, they look normal. They're completely, I mean, without an eye doctor really looking for it, you wouldn't see it, but it just smolders, like a very slow fire in the walls, and it, um, that slow burn over a very long period of time can cause all sorts of problems that when it's finally found, you're starting with tissue that's been severely damaged. But now, I wanna talk a little bit about really mm -hmm. how that process occurs, but what you're alluding to is you're not just talking about a run-of-the-mill child. You're talking about someone with an underlying, generally with an underlying autoimmune problem like uh, juvenile arthritis, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, that type of thing. For the most part. Um, there are some children that have inflammation. We watch them because perhaps they're going to. They, some children with inflammation develop the arthritis later. That's the majority of uh, um, children's inflammation. I've got a couple children that we frankly don't know why. But they're few and far between. Um, usually I work with the pediatric rheumatologists on this. Um, so what exactly causes, as you were alluding to, mm -hmm. the damage to the eye? You were saying something like inflammation, smoldering in the eye, or any... I mean, how long does it take for there to be actual damage to the eye? And to what degree can you? does it impact the eye? In other words, do you, can you end up blind? Um, it's a good question. The... It depends on the person. It depends on the inflammation. It, the, the best analogy for this is a fire. And so if it's a slow burn, if it's a smoldering something, it could take a while. But some people, they burn really hot. And they know who they are. They come right in and see me. Their eyes are, you know, they're red. They're uncomfortable. They're incredibly inflamed. We do everything we can to get it out. And so if somebody is having episodes like that every two or three months, it doesn't take that long to start showing damage. Whereas other people hopefully would never have a problem if we can get it under control quickly. So, so the effect of the inflammation is cumulative, in other words, yes. over time, and it can lead to things like glaucoma, swelling, cataracts, all of that? All of those things. Um, every, an eye is a very fragile. It's amazing how durable it is. As an eye doctor, it's one of those amazing things where you appreciate just how strong it is and both how fragile it is. I think there's other things like that that we all can think of. And so, you know... I see a hundred somebody who's over a hundred years old, and their eye is great, and they're seeing great. And you say, how can a tissue last and and be this good this long? You know, in terms of the clarity and the optics. But once it's jarred, once it's disturbed, once it's injured, these things can become a problem, and it can be hard to fix it once that snowball starts going down the hill. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's Health Link on air. I'm Linda Cohen here along with Dr. Robert Swan. We're talking about uveitis and other inflammatory diseases of the eye. So the treatment of the inflammation mm -hmm. is key here. Yes. So exactly what is the notion here? The focus is to basically, as you say, put the fire out. Right. Um, the fellowship that I, I worked with a world expert in Boston, and he has a stone that's carved with whatever it takes. 
in general, that's corticosteroids. And we can put them either with an eye drop. Uh, some people are on pills. We inject steroids around the eye. Uh, they make commercially available steroids that are slow release that you surgically put into the eye. They all are good. They all work. But the problem with steroids in people that have it chronically is that they have a cumulative problem. And so a lot of people that are on steroids cumulatively will get the same cataract and glaucoma that um, they would have gotten without anything. So the and treatment sometimes can be as damaging as the actual event. If the corticosteroids are the only treatment. What the eye doctors that dealt with people with chronic, again, people with acute uveitis, it happens every so often, the steroid drops put it out, and that's usually enough. But people that are on them, you know, some people, they, we put them on steroids and they're fine, but you can't take them away. So if they're 25, what's your long-term goal? What's the end point? What we've learned from the rheumatologists is that there's other therapies. The rheumatologists have been treating autoimmune diseases, and they've understood the problem with chronic steroids much better than we have as ophthalmologists because it, they see it every day. And so a lot of my chronic medicines are the same things that people are using to treat sarcoidosis or lupus or other things in that nature. They're steroid-sparing agents. So give me an example of what one of those might be. Um, maybe the best example is methotrexate, which we've been using um, in rheumatology and in ophthalmology now for about 50 years. It's very well known, and that's if we have a child with that requires chronic steroids, we'll often start with that one because as much as we don't want to put our children on anything, if you're going to have to choose something, you want something that's been around a long time, something that you know exactly how it works, what it does, what it doesn't do, what to look for, what not to, and that seems to be our most common. Other things in that class, um, mycophenolate, azathioprine, um, when that doesn't work, we use cyclosporin, and if that doesn't work, we're starting to go more towards the biologics, which are the Humira and Remicade and a lot of the things you see professional golfers um, <laughs> advertising. <laughs> advertising on the, but, the radio. But the point here is that you're attempting to actually treat the underlying autoimmune Correct. problem as well, and, and hopefully that while by treating that, the inflammation in general will die down throughout the body. Correct. And then the eye will also be spared That's in true. that process. So if you have somebody with Crohn's disease who's on a certain treatment and their eyes are still active, that treatment, even if their intestines are good, should be increased. You know, we do what we need. We do whatever it takes. What are the symptoms when we're talking about uveitis or we're talking about this kind of inflammation? You've alluded to what can happen mm -hmm. and that the inflammation can really wreak havoc. But what exactly, how would someone know that they had uveitis? Um, for the most part, for starting with younger people, children don't have any symptoms. But the ones with arthritis are referred to us for screening, and we watch them every three months as they grow up. Um, adults, so that's just pro preventative. Correct, because they're the ones that it will look perfectly normal. Most people with uveitis, once they reach, say, 16, 20, 30, their eye will be red, it will be uncomfortable. It will be the kind of thing that somebody who doesn't normally go to an emergency room would go for. They would say, something's not right here. I'm light sensitive. Um, that's the major... Is there pain? There, it's uncomfortable, but and it's often light-induced uncomfort. So the light is bothering Well, the, their muscles are inside of your eye, are inflamed, and when the light makes them constrict your pupil, it just makes it that much more. So these people are hiding in a dark room thinking there's something wrong. How about vision? Is your vision them, blurred? For the most part, they tend to be blurry. Most inflamed eyes are blurry. Some of my patients with deeper inflammation of the retina or the vitreous or the optic nerve, kind of not in the front of the eye, will often have a haze. And they'll be the first ones to say there's a... I have a lot of floaters, and, and everybody has a couple floaters, but these people kind of know where there's, there's a, too many to count, and they, have, they know what's coming. 
And so that can be a major symptom. So how do you actually detect it? I mean, what's the diagnostic process? What do you use to determine that someone has uveitis? For the most part, we use the um, the slit lamp is the binocular mounted um, light source that we use in the eye when you get an eye exam. I can usually see the inflammation. I can look in there and see the white blood cells moving around. But we have a lot of specialized testing. We do angiograms where we can see if the if vessels are inflamed or the nerve is inflamed, and the, the dyes will stick to things. And you'll have patterns, which can sometimes lead you to other diagnoses that you weren't necessarily um, thinking about initially. So the key here is you can do a definitive diagnosis. You have clear symptoms much of the time. Mm -hmm. And with children, as you mentioned, it's really often a case of it being secondary or a consequence of more of an autoimmune disease that right. they have, and, and that's already been diagnosed. But in terms of treatments, you just said you gave us kind of a full range of mm -hmm. what the kinds of treatments are. How successful are they, and what is the long-term outcome for these people? Um, well, we start with whatever it takes. The vast majority of people don't need anything other than steroid drops once in a while. Some people, when they flare, they need oral, they need pills, they need something stronger. But in the way of it, steroids. Correct. For the, the smaller subset that's chronic that I deal with, most of them do very well. Our success rate with methotrexate and things like that are about 70%. Success being defined as both it works and it's not causing any side effects that are worth stopping it for. If it is causing a side effect, we change it. We find something else that works. So in the long run, mm -hmm. if somebody has an autoimmune disease and has developed uveitis, generally they have a positive uh, outcome for the most part, it, it depends on if you can catch it early. It, for people who are, um, you need to have a, an idea of where you're going. I've had patients come to me where they're getting a steroid injection every month for the last five years, and you say, well, what was the plan for the next five years? But for the most part, we can if we can stop it, then they have a very good, they're just as fine as everybody else. You'd never even know that they were, that they had a problem. Well, that's very hopeful. And the little bit of time we have left, very mm -hmm. quickly. Our eyes are so sensitive. What do you recommend for people as far as protecting them from injury? Just real brief. It, the polycarbonate safety glasses, and not just at work, but when you're doing things at home. Anything that you're doing metal on metal, hammering, nails, anything, you want to be wearing eye protection. That's crucial. Every day. Thank you so much. My guest has been Dr. Robert Swan. He's Assistant Professor of Ophthalmology at Upstate and the Director of the UVitis Service. Once again, thanks so much for coming in. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air.